Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Crab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games of the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives regarding skill range. I am Brutalatops, the magician. With me, Zippity Doo, the dwarf. Hello. And of course, with us are Hector, the well endowed, Liz. Hey, guys. And if you know this reference, we can be friends. This week, we had a listener request. So thank you so much, Seth, who recommended that we play Solasta, the Magister's Crown, by Tactical Adventures. Solasta Crown of the Magister is a top-down RPG based on Dungeons & Dragons, specifically the uh, Generation 5 rules. But Solasta is a turn-based action RPG where you are playing in a world of Solasta that has recently, well not recently, but originally had a giant cataclysmic event where and humans ended up coming into this magical world and it's been over a thousand years since since this cataclysmic event and you are a young freshly recruited party that's going out and trying to solve some mysteries that have been going on in the kingdom but oh boy i think this is gonna be a fun episode oh before i forget i really wanted to put this in as a psa early on in the episode before i forget it if you decide to play salasta crown of the magister I highly recommend that you do not download this game. I recommend that you only play this game via cloud because if you play this game via cloud, I noticed you will get all the DLC for free. All the DLC will be active. So, but if you download it, you obviously will only get the base game and you'll have to pay for all the DLC. Uh, This is also kind of a warning as well because I first started to play this game on the cloud and then I realized I couldn't load my save when I was trying to play the original version of the game when I downloaded it. So... Just a quick PSA. I recommend you cloud this game. But anyway, Keith, start us off. What did you think of Slasa Magic to the Crown? Is this a game or a pass? I did not like this game. I <laughs> I thought I I thought I wouldn't mind it. I I've always thought the idea of Dungeons and Dragons seemed like some fun. I thought I would enjoy it, and I still think actually that I would. But boy, oh boy. This is this is just not for me. Um, it's it's slow. It's a lot, and it's it does nothing for me. Um, it, there's there's a few th- little things I guess here and there that I'll, I maybe can say are uh, some shining moments. Uh, but overall, um, I would not have liked this on the Xbox 360 or the original Xbox where it looks like it was built on, and I still do not like it on my Series X. Harsh. All right, Liz. I think you are going to be the changing factor here. Was this a gamer pass for you? When I first started playing this game, I did not like it, and now I do. And I think that... The other games that we've played like this, I I've liked more. It's not my favorite of this genre, although it's kind of multiple genres. But like, y- you know what I mean. Um, but it just felt like everything, the way that the game is set up, is not intuitive to the to the player. And so it, I found it like almost tricky to get the hang of it. It didn't feel fluid, and it took me a long time to actually get to a point where I was like, okay, I I get it. I'm having fun. So it's now a game, but this is one of those reasons why like it's so important that I put in the a minimum 5 hours into a game because if I had just put a couple hours into this game, I would have been like definite pass. So Yeah. So this game I think is a perfect example as to why we do this gamer pass at the beginning because yes, this is a game for me. 
Now, would you say, Andrew, is this a good game? I would say no. (laughs) (laughs) It has its issues, but I had a ton of fun with this game. Uh, this game still like brought so much joy to me, even though it is not good. Like the 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 voice acting is very laughable. Like I was cracking up laughing at just some of the dialogue in this game. It's so really poorly written. The animations are so janky. The facial expressions, but I thought the combat was fun. I loved the exploration. I loved the adventures. I loved creating a character. It's. I had a ton of fun with Solasta, but no, this is not a good game, but it is 100% a game for me. I, I thought this, I had a blast with it. So yeah, thank you, Seth, for recommending it, even though Keith probably doesn't agree. But uh, yeah, so let's get into Solasta, Crown of the Magister. As I said, the story of it, it's it's a very heavy Dungeons & Dragons. So if you are new to Dungeons & Dragons, or if you've always been interested in it, like me, you know, I've played-ish games like Dungeons & Dragons, specifically, you know, me and Liz, before we started this podcast, we were playing a good amount of Gloomhaven, which Gloomhaven is very more heavy into like Dungeons and Dragons, but it's less imagination and more actually playing a board game. So I had some experience kind of playing Dungeons and Dragons a little bit that way, but I've never actually sat down and done like a full game of Dungeons and Dragons. So playing this and getting into the story and the realm and the fantasy of it all, I thought it was a ton of fun. I thought the dice rolling and everything, but yeah, the, the story, as I said, you know, you're playing in this fantasy kingdom called Salasta that originally had this giant cataclysmic event that ended up destroying majority of this place and ended up wiping out a race of, like, high elves that was the crown of the capital. And the humans ended up coming into this world. And a thousand years later, you know, the world is still kind of torn apart from the cataclysmic event. There's still weird things that are going on, buildings that are sideways, you know, some creatures that they thought were long gone are now reappearing. And you're playing a party that you get to create and customize your own. You get to pick what characters you want. So you're not forced to do this specific party, but you can pick who you want and you end up going on an adventure and you discovering the mystery behind this crown that you end up finding. But what did you guys think of the story? Specifically, I, I guess, the storytelling of Solasta. Can I just say, I find it really shocking. I mean, I already knew this about you, but I still find it shocking that you have never played a full thing of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I like dabbled once. If you met somebody who was really into it, you'd play it in a heartbeat, I feel like. Just to see I what it was would. like. Yeah. yeah. What do you probably, you definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> um, Story-wise, I found it interesting. I feel like I didn't get crazy far into the story. But one thing I wanted to bring up with the characters is that it kind of reminded me of Operencia, yeah. where like Dean was kind of like the snarky whatever. The problem is though that I felt like dynamic wise with the characters, I felt like Operencias were better. Um, I I like the characters and I like the way that they they talk to one another and everything, but I still like it wasn't up there with Operencia, you know. I kind of different games to compare, but I I see where you're going though. No, I'm talking about the characters and the dynamic of the characters. I said it reminded me of the characters in Operencia. Yeah. But, I but didn't it's say that. This... Because, like, you, the characters you picked aren't, like, canon. Like, you could you could have picked a completely different party. Oh, so you guys didn't have, like, a snarky person? No. Like, that all depends on the personality of the characters you had. Uh, I thought there was always at least, like, one snarky person. No. Because some, of dialogue choices. Some dialogue I noticed would be always present in a story. But some of the quips that some of the characters would say would be depending on their personalities, whether they were like lawful good or chaotic evil or chaotic oh, good. Oh, so you could do all good? Yeah. 
And so they would probably have so more of a personality maybe, of like protecting the weak kind of thing. Maybe that's why they weren't playing off of each other the way that I expected it because all the characters are different where if you had just have four characters like personality wise the way that they are um, I feel like they could have done a better job with the dialogue between them yeah, yeah I don't know I guess that maybe that's a little bit of of what makes the storytelling and the dialogue a, a little bit of what it is and so kind of taking your I don't know if turn of phrase is the right way to say it, is that, is the dialogue good? No. <laughs> is the, it is, is it probably one of my favorite things about the gameplay? Yes. <laughs> because it's so goofy. I know I made fun of it, and, I'm, I'm, and I'll, we'll talk more, but like the facial expressions and everything about it is so dang bad. <laughs> that it is, it, it actually becomes comical. And that's the part I was like, I just want more of this. Like, I actually just want to keep doing this. It's it's funny. It's This is probably the first game where Keith did not skip dialogue. Me and Keith were playing multiplayer, which this game, yeah, has four-player co-op, which is awesome. But Keith, being the host, you know, had the power to skip dialogue. And I, I was playing with him, and I told him, like, Keith, you know you can skip this, but Keith did not want to. You wanted to watch all of it, which is, I feel like, a first game of the game. So I didn't get far. I, I And I, I will fall on the sword. I will admit, I don't, I don't think I hit my five hours even. I think I was, like, shy of that. But, I mean, partially, because personally, like, 10 minutes of this game feels like four hours to me. It's just the <laughs> kind of the, the pace of the, the gameplay that I struggle so much with. But on top of that, it's just, I still hit this moment of the dialogue, and I'm sure you did too. It was after you get out of the Sorik cave, and you and you go and you talk to the council. And just everyone on the council is so goofy. They're trying to be, like, serious <laughs> and all of these things, but... I just, I don't like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, I, I was laughing the whole entire time, but I just could not get enough of it. <laughs> oh, I fully agree. That's what I love because like everyone is so stiff. Like everyone, like the characters practically stand in like T-pose. Their arms are just like out to the side and like their bodies aren't animated. Their faces are slightly animated and it just it made I like I agree with you, Keith. I was just laughing at the story, and I didn't care about the overall story. I thought the overall story and the atmosphere was was fine. You know, there's a lot of lore you could probably dig into in this game. You know, being a Dungeons Dragons type game, but I didn't care. I didn't care about the history or anything like that. I just thought it was funny going on this adventure with my four companions, and yeah, the dialogue just. It was so poorly written. Am I remembering correctly too that just about nobody had a single ounce of facial expression? They do slightly, but not really. Like their uh, eyes and their head would bob a little. There was some head bobbing. Yeah, yeah, but that's about it. That's that's about the extent of it. There's definitely no motion capture going on here. Did you guys record any game clips of your favorite conversations? Uh, Yes, I did. Uh, I was trying. I was trying to, Uh, but I messed it up because I had taken a clip and then it like. Messed up the whole thing. <laughs> I did one. So me and Keith, like I said, we played multiplayer. And uh, me and Keith, we both created two our own characters. So Keith ended up doing like a druid, uh, a barbarian. I created a sorcerer and who was my fourth guy? I think it was a paladin. Ranger. But I created a halfling and a dwarf. Oh, yeah, it was a ranger. And Keith created a halfling and uh, 
Tifling, I think it was. It was I can't remember the species of the fourth character. But essentially, three of our characters are waist high, and then the last guy is super tall. So we ended up looking like uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy a little a bit. Day ca- no, we ended up looking like a oh, daycare. Yeah. Like we, we had a chaperone and we were just a bunch of children going out on a play yeah. date. And then, of course, one of the characters mentioned that uh, he's like, no, we're grownups, even though everyone's like two feet tall. Did, uh, yeah, some of the dialogue which, was hilarious. Fun point. Um, creating that multiplayer game and you loading your characters. I had those characters still. when I, like, I could load up that game as single player. And so I had good old fart face tagging along for, for my adventure there, which ah, fart which face one thing dwarf. I did take a clip of, not a clip, but a screenshot. It was in one of my travel sequences and it gives you, you know, the little like highlights of the, the adventure. And it was yeah. fart face praise. Fart face makes a nice meal for everyone. And just, just those two <laughs> things back to back to me just genuinely gave me a good laugh. And there's so many games that you can do name creation. So it's not that it's that special. But man, it it made for some good laughs in this gameplay style. Oh yeah, I I gotta say I really enjoyed the character creator of this game. So as I so Keys, you never played Dungeons Dragons. I before, did not. Right? All right, and then obviously Liz, you did not. Nope. All right, so all of us are pretty new at Dungeons Dragons. I probably have the most experience. I know a lot of it, how it works, and. One thing I got to say, I don't know if you guys agree with me on this. I felt like this game was very accessible. I found it to be very easy to learn kind of the rules of Dungeons and Dragons. Because the one thing I really liked about it, specifically like showing with the character creator, is, yeah, there's a bunch of lore and stuff you can do. You know, it's very important what race you're picking, you know, because they have special traits, you know. If you want to pick, you know, maybe someone who has extra hit points, if you want to make them a warrior, a fighter, someone who's a frontline fighter, then maybe you want to do like an elf who does really well with magic. So like, it's really important that you pick what specific race you want to do with like specific class. But the nice thing is like this game really guides you really well to hold your hand to kind of learn some of these systems. Because as I'm creating my character, there's like big old sheet of all these spells and it's like, Pick what spells you want, but there's actually an auto. So it actually will select spells for you if you want. You know, same with uh, perks. There's, you know, depending what class you're picking, you get certain perks and you can allocate points to it. You could have the game just auto it for you. And it's, I love that kind of freedom of, do I want to be, you know, fully put my hands in here and do everything on my own? Or do I want the computer to actually adjust things for me? And I loved it. And same with like, when it came a little bit with the combat, it first is very jarring because... Everything you're doing, dices are rolling and numbers are appearing. And you're like, I don't know what the heck's going on. Okay, I guess 15's good. I guess I won that. I don't know. But as I kept playing, like, it really was, like, clicking with me of, like, what was going on. And so, I don't know about you guys, but I found this game to be pretty accessible for someone who doesn't know too much of Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think it it kind of acts as, what, the the DM of the game in the sense that I, I yeah. think that... Dungeon sorry. Master. For, uh, I know I'm know. I'm very well versed in my Dungeons and Dragons, so I can use these terms. Um, but like the game kind of acts as it, and it's and I think that's where it's a little weird for me when I say because I I obviously have not experienced true Dungeons and Dragons because I mentioned that. But where I think it would be different for me is actually t- sitting there and talking it out with somebody versus the game just kind of being like, yeah, here's a bunch of stuff, do this and this, or just hit this button, and I don't know what that button did. I'm glad that it had it and it made that function of creating the character a little bit easier. And also, and I think you mentioned having just those pre-built characters, so you didn't really have to go through all of that was nice. But if I'm 
like I would like to know all of those things. And I think that doing it through a true traditional Dungeons and Dragons experience would be better for someone like myself, at least. And I, and I would truly enjoy that experience, I think, versus doing it here where I was just like, I'm just going to refer to the button and, and go from there. I feel like I understood like that part of it pretty well the Dungeons and Dragons the dice rolling and stuff but for me like I was more of the controls and the setup yeah and so like for instance like I wanted to give one clothing item to somebody else in my group and I couldn't figure out how to do it I might have told me there was a thousand pop-ups but I figured out how to do it in like the chest but it's like where do I find the the quests I kept like going to the wrong area and even with like the spells and stuff like it was like just like finicky sometimes like it wouldn't let me do certain things and take me a couple tries so I felt like the dungeons and dragons aspect and the story and all that I I got it but it's just like the layout specifically and then the actual controls yeah oh I 100% agree with you Liz the controls of Solasta are not good there's there is a lot going on and yeah, the tutorial majority of the time is just constant pop-up text boxes of, hey, you're going on an adventure. This is how the map works. This is how this works. This is how equipping things work. And there's just a lot of reading. And you do have a journal where it does show you all these previous pop-ups. So if you forget something, which you probably will forget something, you can kind of go through it all. But there is just a lot of text and a lot of dialogue. So I the tutorial overall is can be very heavy and the controls just don't make a lot of sense with some of the mapping they did with the controller. So this is kind of a game where like, I feel like if I put it down and a month later, it'll take me a second to kind of remember some of these controls. Cause it's weird. Like when you're opening your inventory to actually use an item, you click the right stick. Like who thought of clicking the right stick? Like I would constantly be hitting a, but it's like, Oh, that's moving your item. It's like, no, like why would, why would using an item be click right stick? It's weird. But I also wanted to mention really quick, I'm thinking about like the rolling the dice. Uh, there was this character that I had and because at the beginning, I just Googled like the best classes or whatever. That's how I got my four people. But there was this one guy and he was, um, he kept trying to give these historical facts. Like there was like a statue and every time he missed and everyone just like stood there awkwardly after <laughs> and it kept happening. And it was like one of my favorite things because he missed like ever, so far every single time. Like on dialogue? <laughs> just like, Ter- terrible t- Like on what? dialogue or? Yeah, like I, it was like a, a history thing came up and then he would like kind of yeah, it was an insight say role, something. Is what it oh, okay. Is. Yeah, and he's like, oh, this looks like a so-and-so, and then it'd be like, miss. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked like such an idiot. <laughs> I mean, is is it because of how they reacted or just because of how the character models are and that nobody reacts? <laughs> it's the reaction afterward. They're all just like standing there like, let's get going. <laughs> Anyways, Steve, let's move along. It's time to put you to bed. <laughs> Uh, see, this is this is like I had so much fun with Solasta. Like it was these little like dialogue moments that that just brought me so much joy because of how cheesy it was. This it reminded me kind of like uh, a sci-fi original movie, like where those movies are just so campy and crappy that like they're fun. Is how this game reminded me of. My mom always watched those sci-fi original movies. 
<laughs> so I know exactly what you're talking about. So I, I don't know. I had, I did have fun playing this when I was playing multiplayer with you, Andrew. And I, I don't know that I'd be excited to like pick it up and be like, oh, let's do this again. But that said, is I, I do think the best time of it, like all of these fun moments are funny, kind of silly moments. They're, they're funny, but it's not enough to drive me to want to play a game. Like, hey, it's just kind of goofy. So I want to play it. What can I say? I'm just a fun person to play with. Well, I, I mean, I, in theory, I guess I would say this with any of my friends is that it's it's fun to... No, just me. Maybe. You're, you're the only person I play with anymore, <laughs> just about anyway. So it's uh, it's one of those things that I can see... I can see that it's funny, but I just, I would rather be sitting there or, you know, in the game laughing about it with my friends. Cause I don't know, you can't, yes, we're telling those stories and we're laughing about them. Hopefully everyone else is, but I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd find it as funny if I wasn't, if I didn't know the game or I wasn't in it playing with you, I guess. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. Like it's, it's not just like, they're no, not just does. like jokes. It's, it's weird quirkiness of this gameplay. And that's where I think the four players would be fun. Cause I actually think. You said that I controlled all the dialogue. I think I only controlled dialogue when it was my two characters speaking versus the two characters that you controlled speaking. I don't or know. Or there was like a weird voting sure. system think, or something think, like that. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was a voting system or it was me suggesting. Like, hey, I suggest we pick this I think dialogue. it might have been that. Because when, but I, I, I when I was doing it with Liz, it seemed like it was picking every time she, like whatever she selected. Maybe. I have no idea. I, I honestly don't remember paying close enough attention to it. I remember you having some sort of a selection, but I think it would that would add to the fun if you had four characters, because then like a true Dungeons and Dragons game, you can kind of just be messing around and like one person who never wants to follow along with what everyone's doing and they're just always going to be doing something stupid versus everyone else yeah. kind of trying to take it seriously. And it's just that's where I could see the gameplay being more fun than just kind of sitting there playing Dungeons and Dragons by myself. That's not, it's yeah, that's like the original party game. Oh yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Because there is a lot of options and routes in this game, which is really awesome because you can just about kill anyone you want out in your adventures. You could actually talk your way out of a lot of things. Like there's a lot of things you can do because a lot of times you're going up and they're like, oh, that's a strange man up ahead. And you have options of like, oh, let's try to talk to him or hey, let's just kill him. So like you can like actually screw around and ruin quests and kill people or you could just flat out start swinging at people. So I, I was asking Liz and I want to know what happened in your game, Keith. So very first quest you go on, you end up finding four survivors. How did you get the book from the scout? Uh, from, was it the guy with the hood? Yeah. I think I just flat out called him out on it. Um, if I recall the dialogue was something along, like I, I went to him first, I think actually. Yeah, I and, killed him. Um, no, he ended up coming along with us. He, he ended oh, up living because we, we basically went, yeah, so what else did you go out there for? He's well... Like, okay, but no, really, what did you go out there for? He's like, well, I had this book, and then I, he gave it over, and then Asoric attacked the girl. One of the yeah, people. Two of, and, yeah, and she Yeah, died. and two of them came along. The leader and that guy came along with me. He was awesome, though. He had a double attack, so that was really cool. Huh? And he had a bow and arrow, too, so he was pretty nifty. What happened to your game, Liz? The same thing as Keith. I talked to him first, but I had to go back to him in order for him to like give me the rest of the details. But I went to the other people first. That might have been true, too. Keep... I might have had to go back to him. 
Yeah, that's what happened with me because he was the first person that I talked to, uh, which I wanted to know, are there repercussions for like rude dialogue and stuff? I mean, no. well, it could start fights. Oh, okay. Cause, well, because you're talking to like that that guy at the council and stuff, and you can give like rude answers, and I was too nervous. I don't like to give the rude answers that, anyway. But when it comes to you being in the main town, I don't think so. Okay. I think I think when it comes to the main town, your dialogue is a little bit more straightforward, and you just doing rude dialogue can just maybe give you more information about like your current quest. Because it that's what I kind of noticed is it's when you're out on the road, and you're out doing the actual adventuring where you could actually cause trouble and kill people and stuff like that. I did think of one thing that was different with my story in Keith's though, is that the girl didn't get killed with my game. It was the other guy. Oh. And then she was upset that he died no. and she stayed behind. Yeah, that was what happened with me too. I couldn't remember. I remember her getting upset, but I couldn't remember if she died or not. But you yeah, took so the other two, Yeah, so for me it was like right? the older lady. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, we had the same, I think we had the same thing happen. So I killed the hooded guy because yeah. I assumed he was a Sorak. Uh, you mean they, murdered? Well, I gave a sassy answer. He had technically attacked me first, but <laughs> but he <laughs> you can't fire but, uh, me. I quit. <laughs> he came at. He started it, but I finished oh. it. Uh, and, <laughs> and the girl died, and so then the two remaining survivors joined. I wonder if that part kind of scripted. Is that those two? Well, no, because. Never mind, because you took it too. Someone down. dies from a Sorak is, I think, like scripted. It's like, but it depends who would die. Yeah, that makes sense. Because the girl died for me. Okay. And sorry, this is this is, I guess, slight spoiler, but this is literally like the first mission. Yeah, like, I think it's really it's not probably about the only much. thing we all did. Um. <laughs> well, me and Liz did much more. Well, I know you did. How do you know how much I did? Because I saw you. I play. definitely saw you oh, play okay. more. <laughs> I also noticed I was excited when I first saw the characters traveling because it shows them on the map going and they'll, you know, stop and rest and then they'll come across something. But there's this little box that tells you what the characters are doing. So it's like, oh, this person like killed a deer for meat or whatever animal it was. And one was like, um, Dean is writing, which was one of my characters, is writing to like, God knows who kind of thing. And yeah. I was like, oh, is this going to be like, but then they say it about everybody else. Uh, so like it became very uninteresting where just like the same thing, but different characters. And I was like, that had potential. I was invested. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this game is definitely, you know, Boulder's Gate 3, but if Boulder's Gate 3 had a budget of like $100,000, like I, I'm impressed for what Tactical Adventures did with Celasta. But yeah, if you've been playing Boulder Gates 3, do not play Celasta because, you know, this game will look like a heaping pile of trash compared to Boulder Gates 3. But since, you know, we do not have Boulder Gates th Boulder Gate 3 on Xbox, this is, you know, a nice kind of uh, appetizer, if you would. Because so, at the moment, you know, Boulder Gates... Is it Baldur's Gate? Boulder's, Baldur's Gate. Thank you, Keith. Yeah, you just kept saying Gosh. Baldur Gate and Baldur Gates, I think. I, I don't I know. <laughs> Benedict you, Cumberbatch Keith. 3. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this game's definitely kind of an appetizer until we get that game. I'm just going to say that game now. Uh, <laughs> the one that this one's like, but not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I 
I was like I said, I'm impressed for what Tactical Adventures did because I I think it is a lot of fun, kind of going on these different adventures and like having these different routes. So like the adventure I just finished, I just got the Necromancer gem, and like there's a couple bosses you can fight, but three of them I actually talked my way out of. Actually, technically I talked my way out of four of them. But I just pick a fight with one anyway to kill them because I wanted to get the achievement for both talking my way out and killing them. So, you did that a couple times. Yeah. Which the boss fights are pretty hard. But uh, getting into the combat. So the combat, is, we said, is a tactical turn-based RPG. So, you know, you're moving your characters on a grid. You're taking your turn, whether in an action or moving or dashing or various actions, depending on what character and class you are. And you're essentially rolling a dice, whether you hit, and then you roll some dice to how much hit points you're doing. And that's generally how the combat works. But I I gotta say, I had a lot of fun with the combat. I thought the combat was actually really good. Because like you there's a lot of options you can kind of do. You can even interact with some of the environment, whether it be like knocking things over on top of the enemies, shooting a chandelier off the ceiling to crush an enemy, you know, shoving an enemy off a cliff so they take some height damage. I thought the combat was actually a lot of fun. Well, so we don't play a lot of tactical RPGs on on the podcast, or we haven't historically. We've done a couple. A couple, maybe. But that said, I historically am not a fan of tactical RPGs. I I don't do well with the grid management, and, like, it gets overwhelming for for how I'm playing. No, it's, it's... Time-wise, it's pretty easy to do because it's nothing's overly time-sensitive as you're doing it. So you can really strategize it out, and it and that's nice. But I don't have that kind of patience, if I'm honest, and it's one of the reasons I just don't care for the style so much. So as a whole, I didn't like it just starting out as a base, but I just found it, boy, oh, boy, to be clunky, and there's a lot of buttons to hit, but you also can really just simplify it and just kind of hit A as your base attack, um, whatever that is, if you're, you know, range, melee, whatever it may be. So there's there's simplistic things about it, but overall I just I thought it was complicated and slow was my biggest complaint. What about turn-based RPGs? Do you, do you just not like the tactical aspect? Or do you not like the turn-based aspect? The tactical aspect of it. It's the, it's the having to move and strategize out my rpgs and my my your rpgs (laughs) exactly my rpgs and my moves and just having all of those (laughs) things to navigate and i i think it's nice like i i think the element the environmental aspect of any of these games is cool but i i just it's too much for me personally and that's why i don't as a whole tend to tend to like them I tend to like them, but I get very intimidated at first, like most games that I play. I get really nervous about them. I did eventually turn down the difficulty in this, but it was specifically because I knew that I wouldn't get very far in the game, especially because I kept putting it off because like the first couple hours I did not like and I kept putting off the game. And then when I finally started liking it, I'm like, oh, crap. So (laughs) I felt like the combat when you lower the difficulty, it is a bit too easy. I have I also feel like I need to get more into the spells and stuff because right now I'm mostly doing um, bow and arrow and melee weapon because I don't think the spells are that great. Oh, I disagree. The spells are great. 
I think the spells Ooh, are. I said so far because I haven't really yeah. got because like, you can craft them and stuff too. You can craft scrolls, which anyone can essentially cast a scroll. Oh, I thought you could make spells. You can learn spells by reading books. Yeah. And it depends on like you know if your character is able to cast those spells, like depending on their class. Which again, this like I, it's more confusing than it needs to be. Same with yeah. like the book. Like let just let all my characters read the book and have the book disappear. I'm like, what do I do with this book? How do I read it? Where do I get rid of it? Like it just yeah. you know. Uh, but I also felt too it was disappointing that you, you're getting these loot bags, which they started disappearing on me. And then I was talking to you about it, Andrew and said, "Oh, there must not have been anything in that one because it would disappear before I could get to it." And because they just sit there during combat, but there really wasn't any exciting weapons in there. And you love to loot. I know. Like I, I don't know if it gets better, but right now I'm finding some clothing items that are better than what my characters have. But weapons wise, if like the damage is better, it's not better in other areas. That's I haven't found anything good. In which that's very typical Dungeons and Dragons. Like you're not. You're not getting these randomly procedurally generated weapons with, you know, constantly changing stats. You know, you're getting a lot of longsword, 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 and they're all the same longsword. And then everyone's all longsword plus one. And so it's just a slightly better version of the longsword. I just need more. Like, instead of waiting, like, seven battles, like, let me have a new one at, like, three maybe. I know that's kind of nitpicky, but. And then I. Did you guys have any, like, bugs or. I don't think so. Because there was... I've seen a lot online, especially when it first came out. It was very buggy. I quick saved my game, and then it randomly brought me back, and I lost all my progress. Not all my progress. Sorry. That I had um, been playing that, that setting. I think you said you lost like 15 minutes when you texted me. It was longer because I, I forgot that I had like sold a bunch of stuff and I had to go around and talk to people. It was in like the, the main area. So it was all like the kind of grindy stuff. It wasn't like an exciting battle that I could redo, I like, you know. I feel like I had similar happen, but I was like in the middle of a battle and I tried to save and quit. So I don't know if that was part of where I ran into an issue. Um, yeah, I wasn't in the middle of dialogue or anything. And I mean, there are some things too that like were my fault. Like I, this is not a bug at all, but there are some things that I got frustrated with the game. Uh, but like, so I was like, Andrew, I have no idea where to go. I could, you know, I, I YouTube stuff all the time, but I was feeling lazy. I was like, Andrew, where do I go? Cause he was sitting right next to me and he pointed to it and I was like, it's black there. And I just like was a millimeter too far away from the ledge and then all of a sudden it showed everything and i was just like that's annoying it's also my fault but also not my fault (laughs) see i always found a way i i was always able to figure out where i could go because your camera would not go past the walls so the invisible walls would actually stop your camera so if i'm like okay like where could a path be if you just move the camera around and you could actually put the camera out in the blackness that means, oh, I, my characters can actually go I mean, in that that's area. smart. I wish you had told me that when that had happened. <laughs> but also the map kind of showed me. But then I was like, but how do I get down? So the map indicated I needed to get there. But, yeah. And that's what I love. This game, you know, being Dungeons & Dragons, also, you know, have you have different routes depending on your character. If you have a character that's really good in athletics and strength, like, they can jump farther. They can climb walls. Like, they can actually traverse some certain obstacles so there's some chests you might not be able to get unless you have a character that's acrobatic and you know they can be able to climb up this wall and then push down a block so the rest of the party can come up i loved the 
actual like design of the map, it it, it felt like an actual like Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Like I, and that's where I I, I struggle because I think I or I don't think I hundred percent agree with that, and I I know it's on me I guess you know playing this game solo versus with with friends but I just I think I don't find it fun as a, as a single player is the biggest thing I can I can absolutely see where it's more fun with friends of having to strategize those things out and like plan your party and your leveling and all of those things versus just managing all that on like on as one person of the party because typically games that do that have better management for managing four players whereas this is it gets to be I don't want to say cumbersome but unless you really know what you're doing there's a lot going on I think personally I had no issues I loved playing single player fine so I feel like I see where you're coming from Keith but I feel like it'd be more fun playing with Andrew if Andrew didn't always play the games like before me so, I mean, no offense. I like that you know where you're going uh, no, and all that I mean, kind it's of stuff. It's your fault. You take too long to start the game. You literally Sometimes. just said it earlier when you're like, I didn't like this game, but then I started playing it and I was like, oh, I wish you played it. No, I started, you were proud of me. I started this game towards the beginning of the week. Yeah. And because I didn't, I, I can't play it during the game this week. I didn't have time. So I had to play it at night during my free time. And he saw me playing it and he was like, oh, you're doing it early. And then I got to. Like the three hour mark, and I was like, I don't like this game. <laughs> so kind of. Yeah, we were playing it. You're like, this game's making me sleepy. <laughs> but most, yeah, it really was though. But most games you've already played before we record anyway. Not all that's the time, no, but most of the time. Yeah. So it, it'd be nice to do like a game like this when you haven't played it before. I know. I would feel smarter. You wouldn't be like, oh, go here, do this, do that. You'd, you'd have to figure things out in front of me. <laughs> I know, and I wish because I loved playing Gloomhaven with you. Like, we used to play that a bunch. Yeah, did you play the – sorry, I wasn't talking to the mic. Did you play the video game? It came out with a video game too, right? Yeah, Gloomhaven's currently on Steam, and they're actually coming out with a console version in September. No, no. Oh, okay, yeah, because we got the, the hefty board game. How does that yeah. – But yeah, that was a lot of fun. But it's like you have to put so many hours into it and have a place where you can set it up yeah. and stuff. And we it's, did, but – that's how Dungeons & Dragons is too. Like you got you to gotta set it up. It's a commitment. I Gloomhaven yeah. was like once you opened everything, like it was like almost one-time use. I kind of miss yeah, it. the board game. The board game is yeah. They, you they put actually the tell you. Yeah, they they actually tell you to like stick stickers on the board, rip cards up after you've used it. And it's expensive. Yeah. It so is. like, how does it's that work board game. with? I mean, I guess obviously it just has a lot more replayability as a digital game. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because like it's obviously more procedurally generated. Did we beat the? We didn't even? No, we weren't even close. Oh, I wasn't sure if you like you did kind of restart in a different way or something. No. No, yeah, the, the I had a feeling. Like two hundred hours, and we we did like forty Dang. hours. So. Okay. Oh, do you know why I'm confused? Because I think Dave ended up joining us. Yeah, and so did your sister. But point. they just joined. Our okay. Yeah, that's why I was way. confused. Yeah, but yeah, because it I mean it has like a like all those stickers, and we yeah. haven't done a lot of them. And that's the whole purpose of the game is like people could create a character and join your party. Oh, your party. I know what it is that I'm thinking of. You have to, you can, like, your character has to retire. Yeah. And I think that's what I was thinking of. I was so sad when I had to get rid of my character. <laughs> I really didn't want to. Yep. I still have my original. I never retired her. But anyway, back to Celeste. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a Gloomhaven uh, is a game, though. <laughs> maybe we'll do Gloomhaven sometime. To a board game episode. Yeah. 
That would be cool. Do a video of it. Yeah, we played uh, tons of board games with uh, Keith. Back in the day. Back in the day when we were friends. Wow. (laughs) I was going to say our youth, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I meant, our youth. Uh, But uh, yeah. So Celeste's gameplay, I actually think is really fun. I thought it was a nice highlighted moment. But uh, getting into, as we've already talked a little bit about it, the audio, the music, and the dialogue. The dialogue is, as we've said before, it's it's just rough. It's it's not bad. Like I didn't think the voice acting was like poorly done. It's just like the editing of the game. Like there was just like there was random dialogue moments where like somebody's talking and then someone in your party just looks at everyone else in the party and goes, everyone, quiet down. But nobody's talking. It's like, who wrote this line at this point in this game? Like, it's the editing was just weird. Some the, some of the voices did not match the yeah, people. And to Dean? Yeah, he it did like not match. He's a 12-year-old match. boy, but he has like a deep voice. Yeah, that was well awkward. I mean, that's part of the character creation a little, where you can change that, I suppose. Well, he was a, he was a pre-generated uh, character. Oh, okay. So they just did it weird. But yeah. It, yeah, it's it's like if you remember on Mass Effect, and I know that I was big wrong or whatever on this, where I was saying it's big wrong. It just you know I felt like everyone big was wrong. just saying lines, and then they just were like someone was like hitting a soundboard with them. This is yeah. like ten levels beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like someone's doing 100%. it, but they're like falling asleep as they do. And like, oh yeah, I was supposed to hit that button. Oh yeah, that one too. And 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 nobody's really talking 100%. to each other. They're just saying things. But man, is it great! <laughs> it's it's like it's like a campy B movie, and and I think that while it is terrible, it is so entertaining. I gotta say, some of the dialogue, like not just being bad, but actually was legitimately funny. There was some banter, like. Your characters generally don't banter too much while you're out and adventuring. It's only when you kind of go in like the dialogue moments. Like every once in a while you hear a banter of like, wow, you're really strong. Like really simple, like uninteresting lines. But yeah, whenever they would actually go into like dialogue moments, there were some lines that were legitimately funny that I actually thought had really good humor. I feel like I had a lot of banter between my people. Like it, it, during the I don't know if it was during the adventure or not, but it wasn't like little things. Like I feel like they were actually kind of sassy to one another. Yeah, like during the dialogue moments. Like yeah. you talk about like when you're looking at the statues and like talk about the history. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there was moments like that that were generally funny. I agree. And I, even with like the, the voices that didn't match and things like that, it didn't bother me at all. Like I still, I still enjoyed it and I think it made it more enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, it definitely did. Yeah, because I was also just trying to picture the voice too. Yeah, and uh, so I, I like some cringy dialogue and stuff. Oh, Doesn't yeah. bother me at all. Like I like Keith's uh, halfling he made. You know, as a barbarian, it literally looked like a twelve-year-old boy who was like dressing up in a Halloween costume. And then, of course, the voice Keith picked sounded like an old British guy. He had a super deep voice, and he looks like a twelve-year-old boy in a costume. Oh, it was so good. But the music, the music was fine. It it was it was kind of more just background noise, but it did fine for the adventure. So overall, yeah, I, I I would I would still recommend having the audio on just because of the dialogue. But as far as music goes, not really worth it. Uh, some of the spell casting got kind of annoying because every time uh, you're doing 
like there was always a handful of spells I would always use. And every time the character cast it, they, you know, say the incantation and shoot it. And it's just like, ah, okay. I noticed that too. It didn't bother me that much, but someone like you who gets frustrated by repetitive noises, I (laughs) I get to that. I just remembered a dialogue that I loved. (laughs) Because it is, it is, I love pun humor. My character party found a rune. And one of my characters saying, don't touch it, it's magic. You know, you don't know what it does. And then one of the characters touches it and goes, oh, it doesn't work. And then one of them goes, maybe it was a spelling error. Oh. And I was <laughs> like, ah. And the, the, one of the characters looks at him and goes, I hate you so much. And I was <laughs> like, that is a good dialogue. I was like, that actually was really funny. That is good. Like, yeah, so that's what I mean. Some of the dialogue I actually thought is, is so enjoyable. I just, but, I just uh, sent you a screenshot. Uh, this is one I had taken of our party, and it made me laugh because of the way that our uh, smaller characters were looking up at our dog. <laughs> Like, like they look like a party's... small child looking up at. I told you, our party looks like we're a bunch of toddlers being chaperoned by somebody. I like that you didn't show me. I'm sitting right next to you. It's like don't don't Sorry, look Liz. at this list. <laughs> uh, I know we got we got to post this, these pictures on our uh, socials. So follow us on X if you want to see them, or our Facebook. It'll be one of, on one of them. Did Maybe both if we remember. X. X. It's not Twitter anymore. Twitter? It's X. Is that what it's called now? Yeah, it's not Twitter anymore. X. X. Oh, it's actually not called Twitter anymore. Yeah. I mean, people still call it Twitter, but, yeah, it's, but it's, it's called you X You don't now. tweet, you post. You don't retweet, you I repost. I can't keep up. No, I, I thought it was called Zeding now. Maybe, but it, when you hit the button, it says repost or I think it still says quote. I don't know. Oh. It's, it's the same now thing. Now there's like this I threads just, nonsense, and I'm like, I can't keep up. Yeah. It, I, like I saw the 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 logo change to X, and it was like a week before I realized that it was a different name, not just a different logo. So I'm with you, Liz. It's it's weird to be like, follow me on X. I understand trying to change it. You know, it's a new platform and stuff. Like you obviously, you're you're something new, and you're rebranding it. But is it though? Yeah. 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 Are you guys gonna do a Threads? No. Social media. No, I do not care for threads. After I saw, like, it's why I generally don't care for TikTok. Like, the, the fine print of it is, like, they have access to a lot of the files on your phone. And oh. you can't delete your threads unless you delete your Instagram as well. Like, it, they're tied together. It's just kind of sketchy. And it's like, yeah, I don't like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, graphics of Celasta. Also, we've mentioned before, the character models are super janky. But overall, I think the art style is actually pretty nice in Celasta. It, they did a very good job creating a fantasy world. I thought the character models had some weird clipping issues with uh, their clothing and their facial hair and stuff like that. But overall, the elves looked like elves. The halflings looked like halflings. The environments, I thought, looked like a nice, cool fantasy world. And it, it actually looked like a top-down kind of Dungeons & Dragons map. So I thought the art design was pretty good. It's just definitely low budget. I like that when you were out and about. I'm not really very sneaky. I mean, in games or in real life, I can't sneak. My ankles <laughs> crack. crack much, yeah. <laughs> My ankles crack when right. I walk. So it's like, you know, I'm not sneaking up on anybody. Um, <laughs> Every time you come up the stairs, I'm like, man, is Liz, you know, popping a bubble wrap right now? What is that noise? <laughs> but I can see like, oh, my character could hide there. Or like if if I wanted to sneak attack, but I never wanted to sneak attack. I wanted to always like confront the person because I'm like, what if I do the wrong thing? Which but- I, I did that once on the second mission. They're like, 
oh, who are these people? Maybe we should go in and talk to them. I straight up just killed everyone. And they even said, they're like, well, I guess we're killing people. Like my people, my party even like commented on how I just killed. It clearly said cultists. So I'm like, well, they're cultists. Oh, the triangle. Yeah. Yeah. They were bad anyway. Oh yeah. I knew they were going to be, but I didn't even bother talking. I just started killing. The people's bodies were not proportionate. Oh no, they were Which really is kind of freaky. Yeah. And there's this one guy I remember on the council, his facial hair and his head hair it there they didn't i don't know what they were thinking it wasn't like <laughs> the other people they tried with the strands even if it didn't look good they still tried this was just like one color like slicked it looked so weird <laughs> and i was like this like they they forgot about this guy <laughs> <laughs> but it's just definitely one of the charms of this game just the really goofy dialogue and just the character models. Oh, man, because some of the faces, too. It's like, are you supposed to be 80 or, like, 20? I can't really tell. Ah, oh, but I loved it. Yeah, it's it's quirkiness was its best trait, in my opinion. But I... Yeah. Yeah. I, but uh, achievements. So the achievements for the Salasta. <laughs> Why... Are there so many? Yeah. So, it's because there's so many branches. But it does something that you dislike greatly. Yes. A lot of the achievements are secret, but I think it's understandable no. because... What? The total gamer score for it is 2,154. Is it really? Oh. Let me double check. I mean, I'm getting everything... Number? That's terrible. I must be wrong. I, I don't think about it like that. Yeah. But yeah, because we're all... So, Andrew, I mean, you terrible. have... Um, 265, Keith 70, um, I'm 75, and there's 132 achievements. So, yeah, Keith, you got eight, I got nine, Andrew got 29. But that's like a. That makes me feel I a must lot be wrong. better knowing that Andrew only got 265. No, Liz is right. 2,154 gamer score is so the final score. So, is there score. one that's like an odd number? Because we're all fives. So, it's, I don't think it's crazy like that. I can't believe you saw that, Liz. Good that's job. I didn't. I didn't notice that, but yeah, I, I, I don't see myself getting there, so it's not going to be a problem for me. But yeah, I, that, that's a really odd number, and that would annoy me if yeah. I completed a game a hundred percent and I ended up with that number. So I can't see like the secret achievements, but all the other ones, it's in fives and tens. Yeah, so, so it must be a secret achievement, which is really weird. So there's one that just has like a four. Maybe it's an accident. Maybe because I'm on the app. I looked it up on the Maybe, app. Maybe, but the app, it's usually pretty good. I don't think I've ever seen any real errors there. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, the majority of the achievements are secret, but that's because they're obviously story related. So, you know, and as we've been saying in this episode, there's a lot of branching paths you know do you talk your way out of this you'll get an achievement or do you fight this character you'll get an achievement so this game is definitely meant to kind of be replayed multiple times you know playing different characters different party members you know if you get the dlc there's actually a total i think of two more so a total of three stories if you do all the dlc but the dlc will also give you other classes such as being able to be as a druid a warlock you know there's a bunch of other and then of course additional subclasses different races so as I said, this is why I recommend you cloud the game because your game, you get all the DLC if you do it, which is pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, the achievements, yeah. So I, I don't recommend going through, well, if you don't care about spoilers, because I guess they're kind of spoilers, but yeah, the secret achievements are just kind of 
telling what the story is going to be. But yeah, this game definitely has massive replayability. Just doing the main story of the main campaign is you're looking about 40 hours and it says completionist is 58 hours, which I highly doubt like to do all the other campaigns and then like getting all the achievements. I find that really hard to believe to do that all in 58 hours, but yeah, it's a, it's a hefty RPG. I saw some people were saying that the main campaign of Salasta is kind of a bite-sized adventure, like isn't crazy long, but I don't know. I'm, I've done over 10 hours and I th- I've only collected, I think one out of the five gems. So as Liz said, though, you can easily change the difficulty. There's a difficulty between one and five. The fault is three. And yeah, if you're having any issues, just you can turn it down and make it easier for yourself and you don't get penalized within the achievements. So that's always kind of a plus. But uh, I feel like it was a mistake on their part. There's only one achievement that's a weird number and it's um, 19 gamer score. No, that would make sense because there's a bunch of fives and tens. So adding one yeah, nine onto so- a five would give you but four. 19 so if they what was the achievement let them eat cake is it story related um yeah if they, i don't know, just say there's two achievements and one of them is 21 35 and then the other one is 19 that's going to put you at 21 54 but yeah that's that's annoying still maybe it's an maybe it's a mistake yeah i guess on them loading 19 or a mistake on them <laughs> sending it to x to microsoft as 19 instead of 20 yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, that's stupid. A spoiler. I, I got to say, some of the achievements, though, were actually kind of funny. Uh, you're a wizard, Henry. <laughs> you get that achievement for creating a, a wizard. Uh, it's rogue, not rouge. Create a rogue. Uh, <laughs> I know kung fu when you create a monk. There's we one are I friends, saw. not food. Yep, that's the one. Uh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> Every problem looks like a nail. Is it something to do with fish? No, uh, you meet a vampire and you got to convince him not to try to fight uh, you. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so that's pretty funny. It's just a flesh wound. Nice mighty pot. So are some of these there. admissible then? Uh, well, kind of, so, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's depending on what path you're taking. Unless you quick save between every sort of dialogue cool. option, you could possibly get all these achievements in one playthrough. You're just going to be redoing a lot of areas. Oof, no. And yeah. that's not even because I don't like it. That's just, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get our final thoughts here. Keith, you want to go first? You know what? I will. I'll kick this thing off. I There wasn't a lot about Solasta that made me want to play it. Now, I can absolutely see where going a bit further into the game, there is more branching out that I didn't dip my toes into. But that said is I don't think there was anything that was going to be offered that was going to ever really tr- change my opinion on this game. I... I just, I as I mentioned, I don't care for the genre in the sense of a tactical RPG. I'm not very good at them, and that's one of the biggest reasons. It's a self-flaw. Um, but outside of that, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just not very good. And so for me, there's nothing really overly redeeming. I said it earlier that its quirkiness is its best feature. Um, but if that's your best feature in a game, then I just there it's not for me, and and I just I could not bring myself to be like, hey, I'm gonna put forty five minutes into this one battle to have a couple funny one liners that aren't really even meant to be funny. So I just <laughs> don't think I would like to play this game again. I would potentially consider playing it as a party of four because I just think that could be. F- 
entertaining. But other than that, no, I, I don't think I will ever see myself picking up Salasa uh, ever again. Um, <laughs> this might be one of the lowest scores I've given in a while. I'm going to go with 67. Yeah. All right. So did I say pass? You, I don't know if I ever officially said pass. You did. You okay, did. Okay, just yeah. making sure I was clear. I, I wasn't sure if I said the word. <laughs> I think pass. I, think people I want to be very know, clear. I have to say the word game or pass. It's very. It's part of our podcast. <laughs> I think people got it. Keep. I don't know. Uh, so as I said, Celeste is a game for me. But yes, I agree with Keith. Is Celeste a good game? No, not really. But I did have a lot of fun. You know. It's definitely kind of a low budget game, but, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, kind of heavy RPG, tactical RPGs that are based on Dungeons and Dragons out there. And this game, I think, did a great job with it. I, I thought the action was a lot of fun. The story is okay. Uh, the inventory management's rough. The controls are a little rough. Dialogue's a little rough. Animation's a little rough, but it still was just a fun time. And, you know, I guess to clarify more, I agree with Keith of like the multiplayer is a lot of fun. The nice thing with the multiplayer too is, you know, I've been playing mostly single player. I can load up my single player game to where I am and my friends can jump in and just take control of one of the four characters that I have. And then they can leave and I can continue as a single player game. So you're not forced to be like, ooh, this save is only multiplayer and you can only play with your friends. This game gives you a lot of options of just, yeah, you, you can play by yourself now and now your friends can jump in. So the multiplayer aspect is just really good. I loved the actual choices of dialogue and how the story would kind of change of whether you want to kill people or save people. It was a lot of fun. I I think it's a great adventure. It's, you know, if you're someone who's always wanted to try Dungeons and Dragons, I think this game did a good job introducing you to the systems and how it works. It can be very slow at the beginning because it's a lot of text boxes you're reading and there's a lot of information and the controls aren't the greatest but if you give it some time Celeste can be a lot of fun uh for me though this is a, a 75 well see now i feel weird because i was gonna give it a 77 um, i was something to give it a 77 because you know, then maybe i'll bump mine up to 77 as well because you know what don't think about it because it is yeah, 77 actually is good. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad game. I just feel like it has so many different elements that I enjoy in games. And they didn't do any of them exceptionally well. Yeah. But um, I'm glad that it's all kind of in there together. And I enjoy it. I actually feel bad giving it a 77 because I feel like it's getting better where I'm at now. Like I, the first couple hours were just kind of brutal. And now I'm enjoying it. And I think it'll keep getting better. But... Yeah, I don't think it's bad. Um, and looking at Metacritic, Series X, TBD, and a 7, um, Xbox One, TBD, TBD, and our fourth and silent <gasps> co-host is back. Yes. What oh, he definitely gave it a zero. Yeah, there's no possible Yeah, way. there's no. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know how many but turd I just, sandwiches are in this. He didn't say turd what? once. Ooh. This, is, I think he wrote it in, um, I wrote it down, November 2nd, 2022. Oh, wow. And this I just, game came out in 2021. Beat us to this one. But yeah, I, I liked the, um, the kind of his phrasing. I mean, this is Google Translate, so it's obviously a little, you know, but like uh, rolled under the armpits of the past. Um, he, it's some, it, 
said it was so boring. They fell asleep. Um, it must be said that the turn-based battles are of limited interest. Something about a moldy ladle. It's just like he was like really. I I don't know. I liked. <laughs> that must be translation. What the heck is a moldy ladle? Well, molded with a ladle. I think it meant a ladle with mold. I don't know. I just think that he got very colorful with this review, and yeah. he definitely didn't like it. But there was no cursing, no. Talk about, you know, turds or anything. He's matured now. All right. He's using I want to know how much time he put into like it. About dirty spoons or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Like, like you, make, you make a very good point, Liz, of like, all the pieces are here. It's just, you know, they're not super good. And it's because this game, you know, it was a crowdfunded game. So you definitely could tell this studio just had a low budget. But like I said, I, I'm impressed with what they were able to pull off, though. I think it's a solid game. Yeah, with a bigger budget, like, I can't imagine how good this game would yeah. be. Well, we, we do. It's called Baldur's Gate Baldur's 3. Baldur's Gate 3. Never played it. It I'll, just came out. I'll take your word for it. Everyone's given it, like, a 10 Well, out I didn't 10. play 2 or 1 either, so. I played 2. But I think that was more of an ARPG, from what I remember. Or I'm thinking of a different game, but I'm pretty sure it was that. But, yeah. I don't think I've ever played a Baldur's Gate. I kind of want to look it up, but I remember one of them being in like uh, ARPG. I believe it. I don't know. I don't feel like looking at it right now. <laughs> I like the we'll honesty. What? <laughs> I like the honesty. You're like, like eh. Well, because I know you guys are just waiting for me to wrap this episode up. You're like, oh, I don't want to wait for me to type something in. Wow, you think we're just really impatient people, don't oh, you? Oh, sorry, sorry. Liz is the impatient one. Keith, Keith will be okay with me looking something up. I think. <laughs> I am pretty patient. (laughs) I think you're going to say the most patient, but then you just edited yourself to pretty patient. I do feel like I'm pretty patient. (laughs) I mean, you're Andrew. Andrew, That says something. Yes. Do you know what? He's one of those people that's like, I'm always on time. Five minutes late for everything is not on time. Two minutes late. And that is on time. I mean, if you're using the word late, you are by definition not on time. If you're... You are late. Yeah, if you're but I, I you're I'm early, no better, you're on time. But I, I'm just pointing out a fact that using the word late just nullifies any other further definition of your arrival time. It's late. Well I think it's funny because when I started working at um, Panera with Andrew way back when Were you um, manager? Well, I started before them. No, what? but she taught me how to make sandwiches. Aww. I trained him. But they when I was hired, they said, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're super late. And Andrew was always super late. But you know what? I always showed up. And I'm patient. I married you even though you're late for things. And it stresses me out. <laughs> you're like 20 minutes early. And honestly, it's more rude to be so early. I mean, I've worked in retail and fast food. Well, Panera's not fast food. But in food management. And there is something to be said for always showing up. Because yeah. I even called out a lot, so I'm not even pointing the finger at people. I just know that those industries have that because I was part of the problem. So always showing up. Oh, so you're just saying be happy they showed up? No, I'm not saying be happy. I'm just saying that you get like a one pat on the shoulder, not even on the back. It Absolutely on the shoulder, top of the shoulder. To be clear, it is not a back pat. You did not do a good job. You were late. But, but you got a shoulder tap. Do you know- do you know how many times I've ever been reprimanded for being late? 
Not enough. Not Zero. enough, clearly. Well, you also Zero. never I, call out, though. Exactly. So if someone was like, oh, you're one minute late, and it's like, I haven't called out in years. Exactly. So That's why in all of my performance reviews, no one has ever been like, oh, you're like a minute or two late. I have never once heard that. But I always get, you always show up for your shifts. Like, you always work. You never call out. So, that's true. Exactly. So that's why I would disagree with you of me being late. I am on time. And I am no, there. Still late. Well, no, you can't just make up still what late. on time means because you show up for work. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're, but uh, punk, the whole point is, I am patient. Would be, that may be the best because then you can kind of say yeah. like, "Yeah, it's close enough that I'm punctual. I'm arriving close." Well, to on so time. when when it comes to to work, like you're, you right now, you work somewhere where like somebody's waiting for you to get there because you need to switch over the shift. Yeah, it is then late. To, like, and this is with Panera, too, because you work different shifts. It is then late. Uh, to be late is rude because that person cannot leave until you're ready and then orders are coming in. So if you stroll in five minutes late, they can't leave and then orders might pop up right when you get on this the line. This is also why my coworkers love me because, yes, I am there. I need to receive report from my coworkers. Yeah. But I don't dilly-dally. I, get my, I literally throw myself in my locker, punch in. Boom, and I'm right you there. don't even put Other your food are like, in the fridge. I need to drink my coffee. I need yeah. to do this, this. I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, give me a report. Get out of here. Yeah, Keith, I've never made a coworker late to leave. Keith, he doesn't even refrigerate his food at work. No. He'll like he so he works 12 hour shifts, and I'll make him something, and it doesn't matter what it is. He doesn't refrigerate it, and he never gets sick. Well, I did Isn't lose that my weird? gallbladder recently. Wait, what? <laughs> I did lose my gallbladder recently, which all my guards are making fun of me for. <laughs> like. They're like, oh, this is why you lost your gallbladder. I'm like, well, I can't lose it again. So I'm going to eat this whole pizza. <laughs> well, no, it's also like, I remember, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but when COVID was going around, you ate somebody's yogurt that they'd already eaten out of. And then you got that phone call like, oh, they had COVID. And you're just like, yeah. But I never got COVID. I worked frontline COVID the entire time and I never got COVID. I'm just saying, like, you live dangerously in the food department. I do. I you always have that too. saying, like, do you know if I get sick? Spring cleaning. Like, do, are you, do you go to other tables at restaurants when they leave? No. Like, what? No. You're eating it was other offered to him. yogurts? I, okay, it's pretty gross. Because, look, okay, I, it's like a soup. crunch. And she took one bite of it. So it's not like no, she you was said, double dipping her No, spoon. you she told me it was two. One bite. You told me it was two and the spoon went back in. No, it was one bite. You know, so you lying now oh, or you lying no, it before? Might have been two. It was two. <laughs> <laughs> it was. To share yeah, the yogurt. That. But it's still, I, it's still like that. It was two and bites. I, and I, I will eat things that my children hand me, but a sh- yeah, not even a stranger, a co-worker that is too many bites. To share yogurt yeah. with a coworker. She had COVID, and I still didn't get COVID. I don't even have questions. <laughs> or just, you were, just didn't have symptoms. I'm done with you. I mean, <laughs> it's just like it's just a gross thing to eat after somebody. It's like soup. You don't eat soup after people. But why is it not weird to have like a pizza party and everybody's grabbing out of the same box and you're kind of like touching the piece no. next to it to pull it off, like? Oh, I don't care well, about that. Liz actually read something. Why is that not a gross? Weird, Liz actually read something of a weird social thing that I never thought about. Liz read a thing of, would you take a free mattress from someone? Everyone says no. Then it's like, well, why do we pay hundreds of dollars to sleep on a mattress that hundreds of people slept on in a hotel? And it's like, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Well, 
I also think it's interesting that people um, say that, you know how like when you're out at a restaurant and if you have fries and people double dip and yeah. it's like a community sauce or something and people are like, well, it's just as rude to like rip it apart and then dip the other side in because your fingers touch the other side. And I just feel like. Well, Mythbusters did an episode and no, not that many germs actually grow if you double dip. It's actually not that bad. It's not that sa- like unsanitary. I, mean, I think it depends on I would how never... you're eating the thing that you're dipping. Like, are you? I guess are you yeah. Like... If you're like sucking on your potato chip and then <laughs> putting it in, eating yeah. like a horse, <laughs> like you're just like throwing your lips around the whole thing, or do you like you know take a bite like a normal human being? <laughs> I, I've been I've been known to be a horse chewer. <laughs> you're just, just gonna casually used... make out with your French fries. I used to be super grossed out by germs and I'm just not anymore. And so like I would never double. I know I would never. No, I think it's like when I started dating you because you're just so relaxed about everything (laughs) and not in a bad way. But like I would never if I was out with friends or something, I would never double dip because people would be grossed out. I don't want to gross people out. But at home, I double dip with you like Oh, I mean, at home, so, I'll stick my dang fingers in the dip. It's my home. I'll do as I please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Don't get Liz. Don't even get Liz started on uh, drinking milk out of a milk carton. Oh, my gosh. But, it's uh, just so rude. And it's the same with, like, juice. I remember when I was growing up and I it saw my brother drinking out of the juice container. I dumped that out. <laughs> I was horrified that somebody had been drinking point. out just of it. Stop drinking out of it. Yeah. I mean, I guess you were trying to save the family. <laughs> well, and like I said, I was super. Pour glasses I was just slapping them in a container. There is no. <laughs> I was super like grossed out by germs when I was when I was younger, the and it's so weird that I'm not now. Biggest germaphobe I know is our co-host guest that we've had on a couple times, Dave. He's a pharmacist. And I remember when I knew him younger, when he was in school, he literally is a person that constantly has a bottle of sanitizer in his pocket or his wife has in his purse. There is always some sanitizer within like five feet of him at all times. But I remember before I got in the medical field, he was like, if you ever went in the medical field and you learned about germs, like you'd be a germaphobe like me. Here I am. I'm probably worse than I was then. See, I feel like the more I learn about germs, the more I realize that they're just everywhere and you just got to get over it because, I mean, you go to a restaurant, like there's some nastiness going on sometimes. You you never know. Like For me, it's like I don't even worry about it. And there's some people who are like, if they find a hair in their food, they're like, I can't eat it. And for me, I'm like, that's probably the cleanest part of that person's body. Oh, I've always said that. The <laughs> hair is the least gross thing you can find in your food. I mean, I don't want the hair in my mouth because oh, of the texture want either, thing. But, but it's definitely the least gross thing you can yeah, find. Yeah, so that's why I'm just like, I pick it out. But I mean, would you rather find like a fingernail exactly, or something? Exactly, or a band-aid. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been one of the parks of How long have we been talking out? about this? <laughs> we've we've just, been like 15 minutes this episode. Yeah. Uh, giving giving the listeners some insight on our personal our lives here, ticks. and our weird big late habit. Which quick PSA, this reminded me too. Uh, if you are late for work, please do not speed. I cannot tell you how many patients I have seen who have had severe injuries because they were just running late for work. I have seen it way too many times of people getting car accidents because they were late for work. Just be late for work. Don't speed. It's hindsight's twenty twenty, and when you're in the hospital, it, you realize it's not worth speeding. So, quick PSA: don't 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 be rushing to work. But anyway, let's let's end it here. 
I've been your hardcore gamer, Osage. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. If you have any game suggestions, please go to GamePassGrabBack.com. You'll find all our links. Send us an email. Say hi to us. We always love hearing from you guys. It always makes our day. We love, you know, getting feedback from our listeners. Uh, please tell us how you found us. What episode was it that you looked up that you ended up stumbling upon us? I always love hearing that. I always find it so interesting when someone's like, yeah, I found you from uh, Hollow Knight or I found you from Stardew Valley. It's I, That's always I, fun information I love getting. Um, and also, too, as a reminder, wherever you listen to us, please make sure you leave us a review. It always helps us out a lot. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you all. We love you. Keith. Uh, I've been Keith. I think you, you got to all know that. Review our reviewer. Or review our listener. Who, who is this? Seth. Seth. I thought she said Seth. I'm not going to blame Seth for this one because I think this, this would have ultimately just been one that you picked and... I would have blamed you for it. So this is no. I I'm giving Seth an eight because honestly, I would have never looked at this game. I did not know this game was even on Game Pass. So this was this was a kind of a cool thing where it's just like, hey, I'd never heard of this game or saw it. So Seth, I'm giving you eight out of ten. Well, I still think you're a nine out of ten, but the game, but oh, the game, wow. but the game is <laughs> is a poop. It's, it's a big old turd the sandwich, and I, and I don't like it, and I don't want to play it anymore. But you're you're a great person. Thanks for listening, and uh, <laughs> maybe maybe recommend a game Andrew hates next time. That'll be hard. Soccer stars. I, that, I feel like that'd be a fun, that'd be a fun challenge. Find recommend a game that you think I'll generally hate. You've given some bad scores before. I'll look and see what kind a of couple, games yeah. they were, and, and but look for them. If you make I soccer story something. and you're listening to this, can you make a second <laughs> one? <laughs> I just keep thinking about the juice that I dumped out, and I feel really rude about it, even though it happened like what twenty years ago. And Are you I feel message your brother. Oh, sorry, no, Stephen. I was a brat. <laughs> I genuinely do. I'm like I, honestly, I happened one time. See if he happened, remembers. It happened one time. I doubt it. I when I feel bad about something, I remember it forever. Oh, oh, who doesn't? I only did it one time. How many? Everyone remembers something dumb they said when they were like in middle school. And it's just like, ugh, it's been, you know, decades, but God, that still just embarrasses me. Yeah. Everyone has that. Except I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, I'm Liz Anoop, Gamertag. Come on, I'm Dean, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Liz Anoop, Noob, All right, everyone. We love you all. We'll see you again next week. Bye, guys. Bye.